0: an eccentric billionaire with nothing but a bunch of extra time to spare He's got his favorite subject and he's happy to share everything he knows about Greece He'll go to every single ritzy secret event and mingle with his buddies in the 1% But they find his passion in embarrassment and repeatedly ask him to cease but never one to back down, ever a pro. He claims there's nothing else that's even worth it to know. So he grabbed his butler, Eric, and he started a show to see if anything will catch his eye. Now every fresh
1: contestant must babble and boast on the subject of their choosing that they treasure the most. Put your hands together and welcome your host. It's Adol Maximilian, Josephus Vin Diesel, Refi.
2: It's Tell Me About It. Welcome to Tell Me About It, a game show about proving the things you love are actually interesting and fun. I am Adler Fai, local, eccentric, multi-billionaire, and I'm still looking for someone to show me something that is better and more interesting than the movie Grease, and I doubt that we'll find it. Though I'm not doing this by myself, please welcome my butler and failed Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, Eric Silver. Okay, that was a misunderstanding. I thought it was for blue man group, mm-hmm. but
0: then they said it was kind of like a blue man group. It was more like a blue women group, and I didn't want to enforce the gender binary, so I just kind of went along with it. I did make it to the second round, so I feel like failed is a little bit of a stretch. Mm, you're like a binary in a coal mine. Well, yes, when I go, I go in there, and then I come out and be like, uh, th- "Those are that's not non-binary in a thing. That coal mine, that's she, they pronouns.
2: Now, Eric, uh, to maintain... Being my butler and manservant, I would like you to go through some paces. Can you do the splits for me, please? Uh yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I can do it, I can do it. Until a pop. I want to hear a pop. <laughs> Perfect. And now just a triple backflip. I can't I can't after the first one. Okay. It's too much. Pick up pick up those pom-poms, please. Okay. And just make up a little cheer for me. Just a little song and make sure you rhyme my name. But you can't use saddle. Oh, no. I can't use Saddle? Nope. But it was related to all of them thinking about his cowboys. It's overdone. Okay. It's
0: overdone. Okay, absolutely. D- your name needs to be the rhyme? Yes, please. Okay. Give me an A. Give me a D. Give me an A. Again, give me an L. What does that spell? Addle, who pays s- pays for my paychecks. And... Fiddle and no fiddle faddle. Okay. He doesn't faff around. Right. Billionaires made all of their made all of their money by working hard and waking up at five AM. Hooray!
2: Thank you for speaking the truth. Yeah, I feel like when people rhyme my name, number one it's saddle. Number two, okay. it's fiddle faddle. Number three is cattle, which again is looping back to cowboys. And number four would be addled. Like being battle brained? And listen, I know that you pay for my existence, but I'll tell you, that's not a rhyme, that last one. Those people are wrong. Thank you. And it's also, I feel like it's a, it's not a bad term, but it's not something you want to be associated with. No, that's fair.
0: I don't know uh, if you would just give me the moment. I can't believe you're complaining about
2: how few rhymes there are for your name. I'm glad there are any. Well, Adel, of course, German for noble, although I am not German. Yeah, no, that's fair. You
0: did know that, <laughs> right, good. Eric? Right, Eric? Yeah, I did, I did know that. Hold oh, on, i got to pop my knees back in.
2: Perfect.
0: <laughs> oh. Please get me my crown. Which do? You, which one do you want? Do you want the gold one, the silver one, I want the, the thorns? I want the
2: edible crown this this day. Okay, absolutely.
0: Thank you. Okay, here's the gingerbread okay. one. No Put it on your so head. There Thank it is. you so much. It looks nice. Now tell me I'm a big, important boy. You're a big important boy. Thank you. Rev- and your name rhymes with more than three words. Thank you. That's all I wanted. Eric, who do we have
2: on the docket today?
0: We have podcast creator of Welcome to Night Vale, Unlicensed, and Within the Wires. Give it up for everyone's favorite little cowboy, Jeffrey Grainer. Yeehaw!
2: <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: did you say yeehaw or hee-haw? Because I was an early <laughs> investor in hee-haw. It was Y slash H at the beginning there. It can be taken both ways. It can be both. I like that. I
2: like that, and I like you. Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Now, correct me
1: if I'm wrong, you are originally from Texas? I am. I grew up in the suburbs of Dallas, Texas, in Mesquite. Is the name of my hometown. That sounds like the most Texas If someone were to say, name a city in Texas
2: that isn't Dallas, San Antonio, or Houston, I would probably panic and say, I don't know, fucking Mesquite. (laughs) So it's glad glad to know I'm correct. My next one would be... Uh, slow Cooker, Smoker, Texas, um, uh-huh. Drippings, Back Fat, Texas, uh, I want to say Brisket, Texas. F-150,
1: Texas was the closest suburb to me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Now, I Jeffrey, knew someone, Texas someone. I knew barbecue. someone who... Oh, I'm so, sorry, sorry Eric, I'm in the middle of talking about barbecue.
2: Oh, I was going to say Rootin' Tootin', Texas was where I grew up. Okay, you go. Thank you. A&W, Texas, Dr. Pepper, Texas. Jeffrey, Texas Barbecue is a lot of beef. Mhm. And I hear a little birdie told me uh, Franklin's is the best
1: barbecue in Texas. Is this correct? I have not had Franklin's yet. When I have, mm. last when I was last in Austin, it was a place that you had to wait in a long line for. Sure. Uh, they do not have closing hours other than whenever we run out of food. Smart. So I never made it to Franklin's. Uh, there was a place I think it's still around in Dallas called Pecan Lodge, Pecan mm. Lodge, uh, and it is uh, it is not quite as deep with the line, but absolutely delicious. So mm. to me, uh, Pecan Lodge was is my favorite barbecue in Texas. Having not had Franklin's, but I have heard that it is the best. Good to know. Eric,
2: please uh, order me through Platinum Belly. I don't suffer Gold Belly. Platinum Belly, of course, is way better. Please Platinum Belly me some Pecan Lodge. On it, I'm going to take out the secret iPhone 20. It's the double X. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, it's on the way. Yeah, so uh, Platinum Belly, in case you don't know because you're not a billionaire, that's where they medic vac uh, over some barbecue to you, any food you want in the world, really. So it's uh, choppered over to you within 30 minutes. Or it's free. Well, it's MedicVac, so it comes over in an ambulance, right? Yes. They bring yeah. it out on a stretcher. It's usually in a cooler next to some uh, hearts and livers and kidneys. Pop those on the grill. Delicious. And they warm it up with a defibrillator. Everyone needs to clear. And then it's
1: <laughs> then it's like
2: defibrillator.
1: Uh, Jeffrey, what are you here to talk to us about? I want to talk to you about the Dallas Cowboys football mm. franchise.
0: Ooh. I don't know how you did it, but my entire recording setup is American Flags hmm. <laughs> they just came out of nowhere. Hold on. I have to move them out of the way. It's blocking my screen. Jesus. OK, <laughs>
2: well, I am fascinated to learn. I, I let's see. I'm a very casual sports fan. I would say in all honesty, the one team I root heartily for would be another Dallas team, the Dallas Mavericks. So the Dallas Cowboys would be their sister team. So I'm very curious to learn about this, Jeffrey. Thank you so much for bringing this topic into my throne room. I, of course, have a gingerbread crown. Please recognize that at all
1: times, but also be yourself. It looks delicious. Can I have a piece of that crown? Absolutely. Because you asked, you get Okay, it. thank you. I'll just, I'll just clip a piece off of
2: there. Thank there you, you so go. much, sir. And uh, you could actually eat that or plant it. Those clippings will grow into a new crown.
1: Oh, great. Like a, oh, a gingerbread crown tree. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If That's you one of in, the indigenous trees to Texas. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> like the mesquite.
2: <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Uh, Eric, why don't we go ahead and mosey on in to round one. Oh, I see what you did there because of the cowboys. Okay. That was very good. I uh, that. Whatever I use a term like you did with Rootin' Tootin', you don't have to say I see what you did there. I feel like that's a little insulting. That's like if I said something and you went,
0: wah, uh, wah. No, I was trying to be no, extra nice. No need to no. do that. Ugh. I was throwing myself at your feet. I can't find the line between being rude and being uh, being a <laughs> supplicant. <laughs> Shit. It's all these American flags. (laughs) A bomber just dropped it on my head. I'm very disoriented. Uh, All right. We're going to go right to round one. Round one. Just tell me about it. Jeffrey, this is your opportunity to tell us about your favorite thing, the Dallas Cowboys. I have ten foundational points about the Cowboys that I put together from Wikipedia.com. Okay, and you're just, just tell us, give us an overview of your topic in five minutes. You're going to get points for each bullet that you touch on that I have here, um, and you get extra points uh, if you tickle addle's fancy. Uh,
2: but oh. it's
0: NS- that's pretty NSFW. I've never, never been able literally. to find the
1: fancy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or if you sing, "Here's your last chance, fancy." I want to say. Yeah, don't let me. That's down. a song, right? Thank you.
0: Thank you. Or if you just make them sound interesting and cool. All right, uh, I'm going to put five minutes on the clock, Jeffrey. All you have to just tell us about the Dallas Cowboys. we it's going to be a conversation. You're, that's all you have to do.
1: I would say the Dallas Cowboys are the jewel in the gingerbread crown of the <laughs> National Football League. Yes, please. They are the centerpiece, much like the New York Yankees of Major League Baseball or the Los Angeles Lakers of the NBA or Manchester United of English football. Uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys, while they are not necessarily the team with the most championship wins, most Super Bowl wins, uh, they are certainly the flashiest and most exciting team year in and year out. Whether it's a good year or a bad year, many years to the point of this re- <laughs> this meeting. We are nearly 30 years removed from their last championship, but every single year is fascinating and interesting. Their history is uh, much shorter than some older teams like the Cardinals or the Bears, but in their 50 plus years of being on this earth, the Dallas Cowboys have been innovators with their first coach, Tom Landry, uh, who invented the Flex defense, which is sort of morphed into the zone defense these days. He mastered the art of the shotgun offensive formation with his, uh, with his young naval officer quarterback, Roger Staubach, in the 1960s. 10 huts. And, um, there were there were so many there were so many interesting innovations that came out of the Dallas Cowboys. They were they were one of the first teams to recruit uh, Latin American soccer players to be NFL kickers. Uh, they were uh, they were also the first to start recruiting track athletes to play wide receiver. So the Dallas Cowboys under Tom Landry back in the 60s and 70s really opened up the NFL passing game, uh, which is kind of where the NFL is today. Uh, And then later after Tom Landry... uh, was fired from his job in 1989 by current owner jerry jones um <laughs> jerry jones for all of his many faults well i don't want to say faults he's a fellow billionaire of yours at all i know you. thank are all, you good you're all very close friends but jerry jones has been a, an innovator both uh, both in terms of the economy of the nfl like opening up advertising and television channels and also regularly keeping the storyline exciting so if you're a dallas cowboy fan unlike almost any other team You're going to have losing seasons, but those losing seasons will be filled with news stories every single day of the week. Is it a wide receiver getting busted for heroin? Maybe. (laughs) Is it a DUI charge? Who even knows? Is it a child we didn't hear about who is fully grown? Uh Sure. That's a story that can happen, too. And this is always exciting.
0: The the way you're describing it is like Jerry Jones is like Vince McMahon, and like put that in the news. He like wrote that in to make sure that you had you were gonna have a good time and during the seven and ten season.
1: It's absolutely true. And so the Dallas Cowboys give you a range of emotions. Much of that range recently has been disappointment. Mm -hmm. But I do know that as I am nearly 50 years old, uh, I do know that it can go right back on up to extreme elation. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I think they're a really fun, exciting team. They've had some of the most famous and storied players in NFL history from Roger Staubach to the all-time leading rusher Emmitt Smith to the world's fastest man, Bullet Bob Hayes. To people like Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin, and that the triplets of the of the 1990s, winning three out of four Super Bowls, the uh, the first team to ever do that. So yeah, I uh, I love the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're so much fun. They teach you a lot of humility, uh, which I think is also very, very, very <laughs> important.
2: Wonderful, Jeffrey. This is fantastic. Now a few uh, bonus points I want to award immediately. You mentioned two things that are staples of Texas. You mentioned uh, ranges. You said there's a wide range. And, of course, Mm -hmm. we all know (laughs) open ranges, uh, home on the range, is a big Texas uh, uh, institution. And you also mentioned uh, bullet bob someone. And, of course, bullets are a big part of Texas. So we'll Mm -hmm. give you two bonus points for that. I do have to immediately take away one of your bonus points because you said that Emmett Smith is the all-time Russian leader. Now, to me, Vladimir Lenin is the all-time Russian leader. Uh, I don't know how many yards he has, but I have to assume quite a lot. So uh, we do have to take away one of your bonus points. I
1: would have put you as more of a of a Putin guy rather well, than. Well, a... I was until I saw him shirtless
2: on a horse, and then I was out, hard out. I'm a fan of that guy with a really good
0: big birth mark on his head. I think that's neat.
2: Oh, uh, Gorbachev. I say
0: Gorbachev. Oh, I don't yeah. need to know his
2: name. I just thought... love. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I pork want <laughs> Um Jeffrey. What a fascinating rundown of the Dallas Cowboys. Eric, can we go ahead and give a score for how many bullet points Jeffrey got correct in this first round?
0: Absolutely.
2: Uh, Jeffrey, you still have an extra one minute before we give you your points. One minute
0: warning. It's one minute warning. You you have to use uh, all your timeouts. Don't waste it. Um, Tell me, who is your favorite team of the Dallas Cowboys? Do you have one that sits in your heart specifically?
1: I mean, I'm always going to go back to the the 1992 Dallas Cowboys team. That mm. was that was the first Super Bowl win for Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin, Jay Novacek. Uh, that that entire team, uh, Ken Norton Jr., uh, people like that. They, they were, there were there so many amazing players on that team. Uh, they were they were very dominant, and this was a team that in 1989. With these exact same players only won one game the entire season and within (laughs) within four years they were winning a super bowl and so from the firing of tom landry in 1989 which was really tragic and tom landry in his last few years had not been winning much at all uh but it was also really really upsetting to see the coach of nearly 30 years dismissed from his job under new ownership the new ownership and his College head head coach Jimmy Johnson said, "We'll we'll win a Super Bowl in five years," and they did it in four, and it was dominant. And that was the Super Bowl they won, fifty two to seventeen over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it was just an absolute rout over one of the other dominant teams in the NFL. So yeah, it was. Uh, I was seventeen when that happened, and it was uh, absolutely wonderful. It was one of the most exciting sports moments in my life.
2: Very cool. Now Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson. To have a role in the organization of the Cowboys, do you have to have a JJ name?
1: Almost, yes. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. Good to know. uh, Good to know. uh, know, People like Joni Romo and uh, (laughs) Jack Prescott. (laughs) Joni Romo
2: wasn't built in the day,
1: of course. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Speaking of J names,
2: uh, if you are such a big Dallas fan, Jeffrey, who shot JR? Was it uh, Maggie Simpson? I I think you're right. I think you're. I think he stole. I think Mr. Burton stole candy from a baby, literally, and then Maggie Simpson shot him in the heart. I think that's it. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've watched that show, Uh, Jeffrey. I'm going to go ahead and allow for one more bonus point if you can answer me this question: On the set of Three Amigos, a movie kind of about cowboys, who do you think was probably the biggest asshole on set? I'm going to guess Chevy Chase. Yep, Chevy Chase. Yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey,
0: I don't want to tell you. That was a layup. He likes you. You're doing a great job. That was
2: good. <laughs> not to yeah. mix metaphors. That was a layup. And of course, I am good, good friends with Lorne Michaels and Randy Newman, who both co-wrote Three Amigos. So they invited me onto set. And Chevy Chase could not have been more of a piece of shit. I bet he could have if he tried. I bet he's. <laughs> I bet he's pretty good at it now. You were the first
0: one. Uh it was a seminal moment in movie history when Mr. Rafi took out ta- took out his wallet and then Lorne Michael said, mm, one million dollars. And that's where that came from.
2: Yeah, he said he's gonna use that. And I said, We'll see. And he and he <laughs> did. Uh of course Seth Green is also my second cousin. Eric, why don't you go ahead and tell us the scoring for round one? All right, Jeffrey, you hit a lot of these points. Uh, my first point was
0: just the Dallas Cowboys are an NFL team from Dallas, Texas. Okay, great. Good job. Great. great. Good job hitting that. Uh, you hit on the fact that uh, Tom Landry was the head coach for 30 years, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since the inception, he was there until until 89, like you said. You have actually hit on eight of the points that I wrote down. One of the points was just a list of players, and you hit almost all of them, which is awesome. So, <laughs> I'm going to give you credit for that. The only two things that you didn't touch on was uh, that the Cowboys had a streak of 190 consecutive sold-out games, Whoa. which is the longest streak in the NFL. And although I felt weird writing it down, you didn't mention the cheerleaders that felt important Although I didn't like that I had to write that down. But you got eight points, which is great. And eight plus the three bonus points for Mr. Rafai, you're up
2: to 11 points. And actually, Eric, I don't want to condescend, but the longest streak in NFL history was one time I was at a Ravens game and I was completely naked and I ran from end zone to end zone to end zone to end zone to concessions to the locker room back to the end zone. You need to stop taking bets from Ray Lewis. I'm going to write that down on your, never, <laughs> on your to-do list. Never. He's a good, good friend. He can do no wrong. And speaking of Cowboys players, Jeffrey, if you'd like later, I do have in my trophy room uh, Deion Sanders' legs.
1: Fantastic. I, I would love to see those. Those were very good legs. Very impressive legs.
2: Do you keep that in your home theater so that you can say showtime? Absolutely. And there's a nice neon light just shining right on it. Uh, of course, in the movie theater, we only play Neon Demon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the... Top 10,000 movies of all time. The documentary (laughs) about Neon Deon Sanders. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Neon in the streets and a demon in the sheets. Mm -hmm. We'll figure that out later. Eric, why don't we go ahead and move on over to round two. I'm not
0: going to acknowledge that you said move. I just think it was good, and I'm saying this to myself, and if someone can hear it, that's, the, that's not my problem. All right, we're on round two. This is the perfect thing. Now, Jeffrey, we did touch on this a little bit with your favorite team, but is there a perfect encapsulation of the Dallas Cowboys, a moment, a play, a game? Um, if someone asked you, well, what's an example of for why you love this thing so much, what would you say?
1: I think one of the... Seminal plays and this is if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. This is probably not the first thing you'll go to because it was a Slightly embarrassing play but in and Super actually Bowl- Jeffrey
2: very quickly. um, yeah. I'm so sorry just to keep you on track. We are talking about the Dallas Cowboys not Florida State University So if we could avoid seminal plays, I prefer we stick to cowboy plays <laughs>
0: Just three podcasters who definitely know things about sports. You're we're here, baby. We're out here There are five of us <laughs> There are at least five of us.
1: And one of them, two of them is Bill Simmons. Yeah, yes, exactly. One of the important plays in Dallas Cowboy history, or notable plays, I should say, was in the 52-17 Super Bowl uh, that I mentioned earlier against the Buffalo Bills. Late in the game, uh, the Bills uh, fumbled the ball, I believe. It was a fumble, and it was recovered by Dallas Cowboys defensive lineman, Leon Lett, who went racing in the open field to the end zone. He was about to make it 59 to 17, uh, which would have been the highest score ever by a team in a Super Bowl. And as he was racing, he started slow walking and dancing into the end zone holding the ball out and shaking and it was very funny and very entertaining and as a cowboys fan i was like yes please just like neon demon (laughs) Deion sanders would do high stepping into the end zone flaunting the ball unfortunately leon let in poorly what huh (laughs) what unfortunately leon let does not have the beautiful legs of Deion Sanders, as you I see do, every yes, day. Of course. And uh, he was run down by special teams. member. I believe it was Don Beebe is who did it. It was either him or Steve Tasker. I can't remember which one. I think it was Don Beebe ran him down. It was Don Beebe, his, correct. Knocked the ball out of his hand uh, and Buffalo got it back. It didn't affect anything oh. as a win or loss of the game. But to me, that's that has always encapsulated the Dallas Cowboys to me. Because always, It's always about flashiness. Yeah. It's always about excitement. And no matter how dominant they are, there's always a moment wherein they're going to trip over their own hubris. Uh-huh. And I love that about them. I find that really uh, I find that much more engaging than say something like the Los Angeles Lakers or the or the New York Yankees, which I think are much more polished. Franchises. I think those are teams that have like a really, really ingrained history. Uh, if you go to Yankee Stadium and you see the plaques, uh, you know, uh, for each of the the retired numbered players, uh, I, I think it's it's like a museum exhibit. Whereas the Dallas Cowboys are like a pastiche of gaudiness, and Ooh, I, I like think that. that's really, really fun to me. And um,
2: cleanliness is next to gaudiness. <laughs> That's right. I, I believe. It's almost, yeah, the, the 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 hubris, as you mentioned earlier, there's almost a mythological element to it, where there's a lot of ups and downs to it, whereas, like with something with the Lakers, there are a lot of ups and downs, or with the Yankees, there's a lot of ups and downs, but they're mostly known for having the biggest budget. I don't know if the Cowboys have the biggest budget in the NFL. But I, it feels like they are more of an underdog than the Lakers or the Yankees.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. I mean, there there's a limit for every team in the NFL, a hard cap limit, so they can't yeah. spend more on players than anyone mm. else. But you can spend whatever you want on a stadium. And when they built their new stadium in two thousand nine, they built the largest scoreboard in the entire world, as the largest HD TV ever built uh, to that point. Uh, it's enormous. I think it goes from the twenty to the twenty yard line to the twenty yard line, if I'm oh not God. mistaken. Uh, so that makes it sixty <laughs> yards wide. Math. Uh, bonus. Bonus point for just screaming math when you couldn't compute <laughs> the numbers. They also built an enormous, like, contemporary art gallery within the stadium itself with a lot of, like, people like Jenny Holzer. uh, So who's this, you know, contemporary conceptual artist who does a lot of, like... Things with uh, displays of words and phrases and things like that. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, like, sell in their pro shop, like, Dallas Cowboy branded Jenny Holzer merchandise. And so it's amazing <laughs> to me as somebody who's a fan of places like MoMA, right, or the Art Institute sure. in Chicago. And looking at the contemporary art exhibit, it's so weird to go into a NFL pro shop and see things by, uh, you know, Jim Dine or whatever with a Cowboys logo slapped on it. It's amazing.
2: Well, uh, as a Chicago native, I will say that Soldier Field also has a bit of what you're touching upon, which is if you go into the men's restroom, there is a urinal trough, which I think is just very simplistic. It's elegantly done. Um, So nice, thick aluminum. So I think a a few other stadiums also have a curious art uh, integrity to them. Classic Duchamp. Yeah, Yeah, of course. And New York City is kind of doing a John Cage thing mm. by not
0: having their football stadium in New York City. Mm-hmm. It's the stadiums they don't build. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the jazz of stadiums.
2: Yeah. Yes, very cool. Uh, fantastic. Jeffrey, thank you so much for, for all of that. This is wonderful. Uh, I do have some bonus questions for you here. Um, if you are a real Cowboy fan, as you mentioned, please go ahead and finish this Kid Rock lyric from the song Cowboy. <clears throat> <laughs> cowboy Baby. Ride all night because I sleep all day. Cowboy, baby. I can smell a
1: pig. From a mile away. That's correct. 10 extra bonus points. 10 extra bonus points. There we go. It's Kid Rock. (laughs) Famous Dallas resident. Famous Dallas resident. From the Big D. That's right. (laughs)
0: Mr. Rafai, can we get the score for round two out of 10? How many points did Jeffrey get for talking about the perfect thing going from Leon Lett all
2: the way to contemporary art? Mm, Here's what I'll say. Now, I did watch, I believe it was last season's in-game Hard Knocks on HBO following the Dallas Cowboys. And can I just say chef kiss to the bromance between Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Jeffrey, what number does Dak Prescott wear? Four you get four points well that doesn't seem fair what number does Ezekiel Elliott wear 21 so 21 plus four math that's uh (laughs) I want to say 25 25 points please 25 points there you go Jeffrey you're doing incredible
0: that is 12 plus 10 plus 25 I'm going to do my own math 47 points congratulations great fantastic Clayton Holmes old number (laughs)
2: Did a Point? Now he's just showing off All right, you're down to forty six points. Unfortunately,
1: I will say Dak Prescott sounds like a international spy. Does he? His full name is Rain Dakota Prescott, which what? I think is Whoa. sort of lovely and wonderful. Uh, so Rain Dakota, and then he's gone by Dak, which is just such a, an abrupt monosyllabic nickname for such like a beautiful first and middle name.
2: Maybe he's a Billy Joel fan and had a hearted Dak 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 Dak. Dak. <laughs> You ought to know by now. I should I'm have sorry, known that I'm Sorry, by now. Of course. Billy Joel, very litigious. Last time I referenced his lyrics on this podcast, we were sued and had to remove it. So thank you, Eric, for reminding me. Another famous <laughs> Dallas resident, Billy Joel. Oh, driving his car all over the suburbs. Yep. <laughs> in houses, through houses, on top of houses.
0: Yeah. The Downeaster Alexa must have been about the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, you guys can't make Billy Joel references, and I'll just start thinking only about Billy Joel for the time. Just Allentown, totally
1: very
2: famous Texas city. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The steel, steel mills. <laughs> the steel mills. Oh, that's hard to say. <laughs> the Pittsburgh steel mills.
0: It's more, it could be Texas. It's definitely not where Billy Joel's from. It's anywhere else yes. other than where he's from. Hey, it's Eric, and this is The Butler's Pantry, where I hang out, and no one can tell me what to do, and I'll talk to you directly about the podcast. Right now, I'm going to talk directly to my mom, hi mom, who just started listening to Tell Me About It and really likes it, but I now realize this is an episode about football, so she's not going to listen to this one, so I might need to talk to my mom, not on a podcast and at a different time. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, did you know we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash pod, where you can become a junior audio butler and get your little broom hung here in the pantry? We have a lot of brooms. It's getting a little crowded, but I think we can get even more brooms as all of you join up to support independent media that goes directly to uh, Adel Refai, the real person, not the billionaire, and to Eric Silver, uh, both the audio butler and the real person. Uh, we need your support, and we... Appreciate every single dollar you contribute to independent podcasts, just like our newest butler, Diego de los Reyes. Uh, Also think about doing ad-free episodes where you won't even hear this mid-roll at all. Just go all episode, all killer, no filler. Uh, So you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or comment in the Patreon post if that's something that you want, and it would just be at the junior butler level. So please let us know. Uh, there are more wonderful shows here and Multitude. I think you might like Head, Heart, Gut. If you wish you had more Multitude shows to catch up on, good news, we make a weekly debate show featuring all every single one of our hosts called Head, Heart, Gut. Every month we take an iconic set of three items from pop culture or the world we live in and pit them against each other. In the first three weeks each of our contestants present their choice answering the questions and our definitive survey of greatness and in week four each contestant participates in a formal debate with a judge. We have decided so many things over five plus years of this podcast. Best fruit, best movie sequel, best thing to do at a theme park and much much more. There are years of of arguments for you to catch up on. Now, Head Heart Gut is exclusively for members of the Multi Crew, which is the membership program that supports all of Multitude. But if you want to listen to some episode for free, I can help you. Just search Head Heart Gut in any of your podcast app, and you can find the sample episodes. Uh, you can catch up on eight whole episodes eight hours of wonderful debate content for free without signing up again you can search head Heart, gut in your podcast player for a head Heart, gut sample or you can join up on the multi-crew immediately and see what people have been loving for years this episode today is sponsored by shaker and spoon let's say you're throwing an incredibly fancy cocktail party at a multi-billionaire's house I don't know. Just uh, let's imagine that's the case. But you don't know anything about mixing drinks into other drinks. Well, do I have the cocktail service for you? Shaker and Spoon helps you learn how to make handcrafted cocktails right at home. Every box comes with enough ingredients to make three different cocktail recipes developed by world-class mixologists. All you have to do is buy the bottle of that month's spirit, and then you have everything you need to make 12 fancy, fancy, fun drinks at home. Now, you might be thinking, oh, I've, done, I've seen boxes before. They always send us like gloop in a bag. No, no, no. Shaker and Spoon sends you premium ingredients. I swear to God, I learned that nutmeg was a nut and not just like a powder, or I didn't even know where a nutmeg came from. They sent the actual nutmeg nut that you have to grate, and I learned it because of Shaker and Spoon. At 40 to $50 a month, being informed about the world is an incredible price. Here's the thing, though. You can save immediately. You get $20 off your first box. If you go to shakerandspoon.com TMAI and use code TMAI, you're saving $20 on a $40 to $50 box. That's an incredible savings. I also want to shout out Shaker and Spoon that shares a lot of revenue. They're a small business working with other small businesses, uh, and they're a wonderful person to work with. So please give them your money, and please let them know that we sent you so that all of us can make some quiche and you get wonderful cocktails. And now, back to the show.
2: Uh, Eric, let's go ahead and uh, quick draw over to round three. Okay, I will. And I'm not saying anything about it. All right, round three. Quick draw McGraw, of course, another famous Texas
0: resident.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, he played tight end, right? Is he the one with the alter ego of El Cabong? I yes. believe so. Okay, where you just smash guitars on people's heads. Oh no, you're thinking of El DeBarge. I'm thinking of <laughs> El DeBarge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Round three is the question and answer portion. Mm. We have some follow up questions for you. And these are the gotcha questions that Sarah Palin warned us so much about. So
2: please answer as many as possible as Mr. Refai delivers them to you. Thank you so much, Eric. Jeffrey. Are the Cowboys America's team? And how do you feel about that in regard to how do you feel about America and about Americans rooting for the Cowboys?
1: Well, they are America's team. They've been labeled that since uh, the NFL films, I think, called them that the first time in the 1970s. Uh, and yeah, I, I, f- I think that they are. I think they're the team that everybody loves or hates. It is, it is the team that no matter where you live, if you don't have a football team mm-hmm. uh, or if you just hate your local team. You can always grab on to something that uh, not it's not necessarily that you grab onto something better. It's just you grab onto something you can watch. You know, if you grew up in Arizona at the same time I did, there was no Cardinals, there was no Arizona or Phoenix Cardinals at the time. So a lot of Arizona when I was growing up was Dallas Cowboys country. So when the Cardinals finally moved there, uh, you know they it was always like Cowboys filling the stands. But the reason those people cheer for the Dallas Cowboys is because they were always on television. Mm. So there's a thing where it is America's team because it sort of was at the height of the Cowboys' greatness in the 1970s. They were on every station who didn't have a local franchise. So yeah, I think they and I think they've held on to that America's team thing. So there's a lot of while you can watch any NFL game anywhere if you really care to. There's still a lot of love and hate for the Dallas Cowboys. So there's always a conversation around it. It is still America's team. No matter how good the New England Patriots were with Tom Brady and people loved and hated them, it it wasn't a day-to-day operation of news stories about the New England Patriots the way it always has been with the Dallas Cowboys.
2: Of course. Probably always on TV because of that super
1: photogenic Troy Aikman smile. Absolutely. He (laughs) looks like like he looks like a dad the dad you want, right? Like if you get to shop for dads you want like I want Troy Aikman. Jeffrey, if you want to shop for dads I do have a dad store
2: inside my mansion. (laughs) The dad store called. (laughs) They're all out of ones who loved me. Well, the dad sort of called when I was a child and they ran out of my dad, which I guess <laughs> is why my dad ran out on me. Next question, Jeffrey. Sorry, just give me a moment to... Uh, sorry, I choked on some gingerbread crown. The <laughs> Cowboys have made it to the Super Bowl eight times, tied mm-hmm. for second most Super Bowl appearances in history, and won five times, third mm-hmm. in NFL history. But the last time they were in the Super Bowl was 1995, which is 28 years ago, math. Are the Cowboys your favorite thing only because nostalgia? I think that's a large part of it.
1: Yeah, I would admit that. Like I grew up in Dallas and, you know, and then, you know, as a kid in the early 80s, there's photos of me wearing a Tony Dorsett uh, jersey and a little plastic Cowboys football helmet. And uh, yeah, I I think, you know, growing up at the time when they were uh, so, so very popular, the television show Dallas was on primetime uh, live at the time and yeah i think that's a big part of it they were really terrible when i was a kid like by the time you know the 85 rolled around or so there was as i was getting into like really paying attention to football it was disappointing to watch the cowboys from 85 to you know 91 or so be mm-hmm. so so bad um and then yeah at age 17 when something exciting happens to you it kind of like Mid adolescence, late adolescence, uh, it makes a huge impact on your life. So yeah, I, th- I think that's a, I think that's a big part of it. I uh, watched a ton of a ton of football, a ton of sports back then, and that they were the most exciting thing happening. So yeah, I think nostalgia is definitely part of it. it had I grown up in, you know, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or Chicago, or or Miami, or something, I you know, obviously probably am not a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I probably still have equally strong. Uh, feelings about them, although respect probably remains at the top of that list, uh, mm-hmm. but I would probably add a level of disdain if I had grown up in another town. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Uh, I do have to, unfortunately,
2: say minus one point, because you said in the late 80s, early 90s, the Cowboys were the most exciting thing in Dallas, when, of course, right across the street was Rolando Blackman, I want to say, hooping yes. it up for the, the Mark
1: Aguire and Derek Harper, Absolutely. A um, short run of deadlift shrimp? Sure. They,
2: oh, f- for reminding me of that, please add on uh, the point I took away and add an additional point uh, to absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, one final question for this round, Jeffrey. Hey, asking for a friend,
1: is it okay to like football? Uh, you should tell your friend that it is absolutely okay to like football. Okay. There are many reasons to be concerned about player health and safety. Sure. To, to, uh, to find other things less giant mainstream monoculture than the NFL. Um but I think if you are keeping all of that in check, if football is the only thing you allow yourself to like, then maybe there's a problem with liking football.
2: <laughs> big 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 problem probably. Yeah. If all you post on Instagram is pictures of your truck, then big big problem. Well, <laughs> What if it's a really cool truck? Yeah, what if it has those cool, cool nuts? Unless your truck is fucking Bumblebee from Transformers, I don't want to <laughs> see it. But what if they have those cool nuts that I sent away for that oh. I get to a fix in the bag? Eric, we got to have a conversation off air. Uh, Jeffrey, thank you so much for answering that. I do have this is my own personal bonus question. I have one more question for you before we move on to round four. Luka Doncic. Can do mm-hmm. no wrong. He has a guest suite in my mansion here. He's welcome whenever, he's never showed up, but he has a room whenever he wants it. A suite, in fact. Um, now, Christian Wood, great addition to the Mavericks. Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwiddie doing his best, or as I call him, Witty Up. Who do the Mavericks need to contend, be a true contender and to give a, um, I mean, Christian Wood is probably a Robin to his Batman, but who, who else, what third piece do they need to really contend
1: for a title? Well, I you know, I would love to have another true ball handler sure. on the team. So um maybe the Mavericks could make a trade. Maybe like one I, I feel like we could probably do a one for one uh Tim Hardaway Jr. for Jason Tatum, I Ooh. think would be an ideal trade that I think Boston would jump at.
2: Yeah, there yeah, he's fine. Boston's known for being dumb as shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, the answer I was looking for was Carl Anthony Towns, but I do like getting Tatum from Tim Hardaway Jr., which, again, I think is a straight one-to-one trade. So let's add an additional uh, five points to Jeffrey Square. Absolutely. That's fine. Uh, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns might as well get out of the terrible relationship
0: that he's in with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just deserves it. Yeah. Pretty brutal situation over there. Uh, Eric. Yes, let's score round three. Uh, Mr. Rafi, how many points
2: does Jeffrey get for answering your hard-hitting journalistic questions? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think what we'll do here is, let's see, how many times have the Cowboys been to the Super Bowl? It was eight times? Eight, eight times. And they've won five times. So let's go ahead and do a nice even 13 points.
0: Absolutely. That is, adding up all the bonus points, that is 65
1: points currently for Jeffrey Craner. Well, let's nice. add four to that, please. All right, I'll add four to that. That is 69 <laughs> points for Jeffrey Craner. That was the number Dennis Rodman requested when he got to the Dallas Mavericks and David Stern (laughs) shot it down. (laughs) So he had to wear 70.
0: That's the least surprising thing anyone's ever said about Dennis Rodman. Uh, All right, we have 69 points. Before we move on, Mr. If does late adolescence rhyme with adult?
2: Just to add it to your list. Let's see. If you were to say, as per the cologne that I debuted right around the same time as Michael Jordan's cologne, I want to say it was 95. um, If you were to say... Great adult scent, and rhyme that with late adolescent. Uh-huh. I think that would work out. Or if good. you were to say, adult loves evanescence," uh-huh. and rhyme that with late adolescence. I think that works as well.
1: In in uh, West Texas, uh, I know a lot of people go addle snake hunting. Ooh. <laughs>
2: I gotta catch me an addlesnake. I, I, I believe they nest right next to snipes. Is that correct? <laughs> Probably, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, we're here
0: at round four, the Wheel of Extraordinary Challenges. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Roll in
2: the wheel, please, while doing the splits, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not again. Thank Why? you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I've instructed my manservant, Eric, here to prepare a few wacky minigames here to test your intellectual and creative metal. What is a wacky minigame? Well, it's simply a minigame wearing like a propeller hat or whatever. Manservant Eric, what do we have today? We have the game Cowboy, Cowboy, or
0: Cowboy. Hmm. Now, you are both going to compete to tell me if a fact that I'm going to tell you is about a, the football player, the Wild West figure, or a bull, a boy cow. Uh, for all of these, Jeffrey Craner is going to go first, uh, okay. and Adolfi, you will be going second. Um, it's just a little quiz. Let's just see how it goes.
2: Cowboy, cowboy, boy cow. Yeah, <laughs> this is my theater <laughs> warm-up before I go. And that was Bart, Bart Simpson's uh, quote, right? Famous quote. <laughs> yeah. I had a t-shirt in the 90s that said, boy cow. Don't have a boy cow, man. Don't have a
0: cowboy. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> all right. Here is the first question. Uh, remember, for all of these, Jeffrey, you will be going first, and you will tell me which cowboy it is, and then, Mr. If I, you will go next. Great. Here's the first one. In 2005, the United States Senate declared the fourth Saturday of July as n- the National Day Of the cowboy, what type of cowboy were they talking
1: about? It's it's got to be it's got to be the Wild West figure. It's got to be in honor of the vaquero of the of the herder of the nomadic worker. What do we say? Interesting, interesting, Uh, Mister Fi, What do you have to say? Uh, I think.
2: Cattle is very, very important to Dallas and especially Fort Worth. And of course, Fort Worth, it's in the name, has more worth of value than Dallas. So I'm going to go ahead and say I've been to a rodeo there and there were a lot of Longhorns. I'm going to say Bull. This one goes
0: to Jeffrey Craner. This ah. is about the Wild West figure. But gee whiz, they just didn't have anything to do with the Senate in 2005, huh? They're <laughs> just doing whatever. <laughs> it's very strange. What weird, very strange. What a weird day to name. All right, that is one point. To, that is one point to Jeffrey Craner. We're gonna to go to question two. Was it a cowboy, a cowboy, or a cowboy who had an important part in Adam Sandler's film
1: Jack and Jill, which came out in 2011? Oh, in 2011. Okay, I'm trying to think if there was an actual like Dallas cowboy that would have been like known commodity in 2011 to pop into that film. Um go back 12 years who was popular I, I mean who uh, does Adam Sandler want
0: to hang was out with Tony
1: Romo in that movie uh, uh, uh so Terrell Owens was gone by that point um maybe older cowboys would have been notable like Neon Demon Sanders uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to you know what I'm going to I'm going to veer left I never saw this movie I'm just going to say I'm going to say it's a boy cow I'm going to say there's a bull in that movie Interesting uh Mr. Refai.
2: Now, I've never seen this movie either, but I believe through just the cultural zeitgeist, I remember absorbing that a la John Candy in Nothing But Trouble, um, Adam Sandler plays both brother and sister. Correct, correct. uh, uh, Jack and Jill. And I believe the sister Jill, I want to say, is dating Al Pacino. Now, Al Pacino famously was in the 1991 Best Picture winner Unforgiven uh, (laughs) in the lead role. And I remember... Um when his friend Morgan Freeman dies in a Wild West saloon, I remember he says he had a great ass. So I wanna say that this is the this is the Wild West figure, as portrayed by Al Pacino. Al Pacino was in this movie, unfortunately. No points.
0: It was a Dallas Cowboy. You were so close, Jeffrey. Uh, Michael Irvin was in this
2: movie. Oh,
1: Michael Irvin. Wow. Okay, Okay,
2: sure. Irvin. Wow. And I do beg everyone to uh, please subscribe to Apple TV and check out Al Pacinko, a brand new series uh, (laughs) as per 2022. Delightful family drama. Just beautifully done. Al Pacinko. I also want to say, I've also never seen this movie. So if there is a cowboy or
0: a bull in this movie. That is not what I was talking about. I was talking about Michael Irvin.
2: Oh, right when you said Jack and Jill again, I broke my crown. Eric, please get me another gingerbread crown.
0: Oh, wait. No, wait. I have some uh, emergency frosting. I'm just going to put that together. Ooh, I can put nature's glue. Frosting. There. And now we put it right back. And that looks good as new. Thank you so much. I was using that Japanese technique where you use gold frosting to repair things. Oh, yes. K- Kasugi? Yep. Yes, that's what it is. I think along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. It only works if it's it's a uh, QP frosting. I mean, it's just the egg yolks. The best man is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are these nicknames for a cowboy, a cowboy, or a cowboy? Dillinger, Little Yellow Jacket, and Bushwhacker. Are those nicknames for football players, the Wild West figures, or bulls?
1: I was almost gonna say Wild West figures because of Dillinger, but also that's not his nickname. That was just the dude's last name. Um, I'll never tell. Yeah, let's go, boy cows. Let's go, bulls. That the, that those are like names you would give to like a breed of cow or bull. Yeah, boy cow.
0: Yeah, Mister Refai, what do you think? Can I? Uh, is Dillinger? What were the other two? Dillinger,
2: Little Yellow Jacket, and Bushwhacker. Okay, so uh, Dillinger, of course, a notorious gangster, shot here in Chicago behind the Biograph Theater. Famous for having a good, good dick. Um, (laughs) Little Yellow Jacket, I want to say is probably Christina Ricci's nickname. And Bushwhacker, famed tag team from WWF in the early, late 80s, early 90s. Um, I want to say these are... These are probably nicknames for boy cows in terms of Dillinger's probably a boy cow with a huge old donger. Uh Uh, Little Yellow Jacket's probably a boy cow with a small little stinger. And then Bushwhacker is um, maybe an ironic nickname they give to a a boy cow that has lost his tag team, if you get my drift. Had his tag team snipped. You
0: know, it's entirely possible because these are all nicknames for bulls. You Mm. both get points. These are the nicknames for the bulls that have the highest bucking off percentage as
2: kept track by the official rodeo association. Oh, that is bucking awful. Um, Jeffrey, have
1: you ever had Rocky Mountain Oysters? No. No but i have had turkey fries which are the equivalent only made from turkey.
2: Oh no. Mm. I I didn't know that's what that was and i had turkey fries yesterday. <laughs> oh. I was curious why they were round fries full of cum. <laughs> <laughs> that's ranch dressing, sir. <laughs> yes, nature's cum. <laughs> but it's cupy, so it's just the yolks, mm-hmm. it's just the yolks uh-huh, in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. All and, right, uh, actually beep out when Jeffrey said ranch. That's disgusting. I don't okay. want that. <laughs> I don't want this podcast to turn too blue. So whenever really? Rancher said this, beep that <laughs> up.
0: Absolutely. All right. This is two to one, Jeffrey Craner. We're going to the next question. This is an animated film from 2017 starring John Cena. Is it about a cowboy, a cowboy, or a cowboy?
1: Uh, I I don't know why I feel confident in this, but I immediately was thinking this is about a bull. I don't know what movie this is, but I just, maybe it's because you said it's animated. I feel like you're going to have a talking bowl, right? With John Cena as the voice. That seems right to me.
0: It could Listen, it could be animated Tony Romo. We don't know.
1: It could Mr. be. Would, Tony would love for John Cena to voice him. <laughs> yes, for Tony Romo.
2: It's played by John Cena. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'm thinking, uh, I mean, John Cena is built like a football player, although maybe a little too blocky. But if he were to play the uh, football player or the Western icon, I believe that would be a live action role. And why would you cast John Cena when you can get the rich man's John Cena, Dave Bautista? So Mm. I have to assume that this was audio only, um, which is where I believe Cena thrives. So I'm going to say, and I also feel like I vaguely remember a Ferdinand the Bull movie coming out. So I want to say probably this went direct to video and it was Ferdinand the Bull voiced by John Cena.
0: You both get points, but I'm giving two points to Mr. Rafi for absolutely
2: nailing it. Yes, this was Ferdinand the Bull. Did that ever I, get released in theaters? I don't remember. I, I feel like I saw one trailer on mute and then never heard of it again.
0: <laughs> it was just it was made by DreamWorks, so it was uh-huh. just kind of like
2: oh, I don't know, whatever. It was fine. <laughs>
0: all right, we are all tied up. It's three to three, and we have uh, three more questions to go. Um, Time magazine referred to President George W. Bush's for- foreign policy as cowboy diplomacy. And a lot of uh, leaders in Europe at the time also said so. Were they making an allusion to the football players, the Wild West figures, or the
1: boy cows? I'd like to think that they were making a reference to the Dallas Cowboys. I think that would be awesome Um, that they were thinking about just how to run like a, a, you know, a trap counter play or something along those (laughs) lines. But I do believe they were referencing the Wild West nature uh, the lawlessness of uh of the wild west uh the anything goesness of uh, American exceptionalism so yeah I'm gonna say i'm gonna say the cowboy uh the wild west figure um I'm going
2: to let's let's really th- talk through this so I think first up football I think george Bush um, him, the whole mission accomplished thing was a bit of a hail mary uh, of course he almost choked to death on a on a pretzel i want to say on air force one which is a big fumble so definitely could be a football player um in terms of the western figure uh, he was a very shoot from the hip he was very loose lucy lasso was what we call him uh in terms of the animal he was full of shit of course bullshit being a famous expression i'm going to go ahead and say because of the hats, because he's, I think, part owner of the Rangers and good friends with Nolan Ryan, which is a bummer. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's probably the uh, Western figure. It was the Western figure, but sh- man, all three could have worked,
1: huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I would have given you points regardless of what you said. I think any of them would have worked.
1: Hail Mary was it was in as it relates to the football pass. The football deep pass was coined. By former Dallas Cowboy Roger Staubach, Ooh. because he threw when he threw his deep pass to win a playoff game against the Vikings, uh, which was caught by Drew Pearson for a touchdown. Uh, Roger Staubach in a post game interview just referred to it as the Hail Mary play. Good to know. That's fun fact. Two points for a fun fact. I love the two points. <laughs> two the points fun fact. to addle for just using <laughs> it in the first place.
2: What <laughs> me? frame Eric frame those two points and put it up in my office.
0: <laughs> I will be it'll be next to your
2: first dollar bill you ever wa- you ever won. And next to you. the two legs. Next to <laughs> Next to Michael Irving's legs and uh Boban Marjanovic's left shoulder. Oh, it's huge. Huge huge shoulder.
1: Do you sometimes go and cry on it? Is that your oh, yes. crying shoulder?
2: Yeah. Well, as soon as he got traded, I cried on that shoulder every night. Of course he got traded because I took it and he could no longer rebound, but uh <laughs> Neither here nor there. All right, we got two more questions to go. Anna McDoolett and
0: Jenny Stevenson robbed vehicles, sold liquor illegally, and stole supplies and guns all to impress their favorite cowboys. Were they trying to impress the football players, the Wild West figures, or the Bulls? I
1: hope it was the Bulls. (laughs) I really do. Um, But for the sake of points, it seems like... I feel like this is something in. Did, did you give a year on that? Is there? A I did year? not give a year. No. Okay. Um. It feels like insano like celebrity fan culture, maybe. So I'm gonna say to impress the Dallas Cowboys football players.
2: Mm, I like that. I like that. I'm gonna go a different route, the path less traveled. Thank you, Robert Frost, uh, another famous <laughs> Texan. I'm going to say that. Um, Now, if we're talking about boy bulls, I believe B.J. Armstrong and John Paxton were two 13-year-old somethings walking through Texas one day when two women drove by being, like, impressed much, Uh, a la Shania Twain. They were not impressed much, a la Shania Twain. And so these two women went on a robbing spree to try and impress the kids into being adopted. Uh, they were not adopted, and therefore they went on to grow up into full humans that become Chicago Bulls players and legends. So I'm going to say that these were boy bulls. Chicago boy cows. Boy
0: cow- <laughs> Chicago boy cows. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> neither of you got points. No, This was about cowboys. Anna Cattle Annie McDoolett and Jenny Little Britches Stevenson
2: <laughs> were trying to impress the Doolin gang. Eric, two things. Beep out cattle, because that okay. rhymes with cattle, and I don't want that said. And then really turn up the volume on Little Britches. Just make that the loudest thing in this whole episode. <laughs> Just a super wet reverb on it, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now I'm hungry for a wet reverb. Um, and Eric, please, on my business cards, uh, which are, of course, uh, American Psycho White, um, please add in the nickname addle Little Britches Refined. Uh, it's already there. I knew you Thank would it. Like Thank you so it. much. So, all right. Last question. We're tied four to four here.
0: Two Cowboys started a fight while getting their hair cut, and one jabbed the other in the neck with a pair of scissors. Ooh. Uh,
1: I already know I know this. I know that this is Dallas Cowboys, uh, Michael Irvin, and Everett McIver. And it was Everett McIver who was stabbed in the neck at a uh, training camp in Wichita Falls in 1999. You hate and, to hear uh, that. Yeah, so I'm going to say Dallas Cowboys. I could be wrong, um, but uh, <laughs> by the sound of my voice, we know I'm not.
2: I'm going to bank on Jeffrey making all of this up and just speaking with authority. I think he's lying. I think these were boy cows. I think, of course, scissor- <laughs> scissors are horns. Um, and I think two bulls. You know, what's the thing in Spain they do with the uh, bullfighting? I think uh, there, was, uh, there was an accident where instead of a bullfighter and a bull, they just put two uh, boy cows in the ring and one stabbed the other in the neck with horns, uh, a.k.a. scissors. So I'm going to say these are boy cows. I'm going to give you both points.
0: One because Jeffrey was incredibly correct, and Mr. Rafai uh, because you're my boss. incredibly correct. <laughs> Minus 10 points
2: from you, Eric.
0: No, no, <laughs> I just gave you a point for to be nice. No need I can't for an figure out this line. correct. No, damn it. All right, well, you both have five points. It's a draw, but Jeffrey Craner, you come out with five out of seven questions of these correct. Doing some math, I'm going to round that up to seven points. Nice. Seven out of that ish. Yeah,
1: pretty close. Thank you. Do we know what the fight was over?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jeffrey, do you want to recap it? But I have uh, have this in front uh, of me. Please
1: go ahead, because I don't remember the specifics of what they got to art. I think it had to do with Michael Irvin, whose turn it was to get their hair cut, and Michael Irvin stepped in. <laughs>
0: Yes, that is 100% okay. what happened. Michael Irvin uh, said that he had seniority over mm-hmm. McIver. But the fact that McIver wasn't like a rookie, he had been on the Dallas Cowboys for a few years. This was already 1998 after the good year- seasons of the Super Bowl. So their tensions were high. Uh, and because of... Uh, yeah, because he wouldn't get out of his chair, they ended up fighting, and Michael Irving saw Red grab some scissors and stabbed him right in the neck. Wait so a minute, close wait to an artery.
2: Saw Red, it sounds like a boy cow. Now, of he's going to charge when they see Red.
0: I gave you the point. That's why I gave you the point.
2: Yeah. Also, I can totally relate to Michael Irving, not excusing his behavior, but I can totally relate. I was once in line for a tool concert, and some guy cut the line, pointing to his friend in a black shirt, being like, hey, Barry. I was so pissed off, I stabbed him in the throat with scissors.
0: That's exactly the
2: same. You're absolutely right. There but for the grace of Maynard, Keenan, Keenan Maynard, go I. (laughs) Maynard, Keenan, Keenan Maynard, Keenan Maynard and Cal, Maynard and Cal? Was that a Nickelodeon show? Yeah, that was the one with
1: the orange soda, yeah. Maynard and Kel was definitely the Nickelodeon show. Thank you, thank you. Show.
2: Or a lot of orange soda going on. Also, Michael Irvin, famous for skiing the nose slips, am I right? Oh, Extremely. absolutely. That's yeah. sweet, yes. Absolutely. Yes, okay, so that might have impacted his behavior as well. Uh-huh. I-, I could only include two bad things that Michael Irvin did
0: in this game. I did not want to include the third of his rampant drug use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh. It was just, it was just stabbing a guy in the neck with scissors and Jack and Jill. Yes. I did
2: not have the authority to do a third thing. <laughs> Jeffrey, what a goddamn delight to have you on. Thank you so much for swinging by. Thank you so much for your delightful knowledge, your insight into the NFL and specifically the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, you know, uh, Mr. Refi, we yes. have
0: one. We...
2: Oh, that's right. Just one yeah. more thing. For a final <laughs> bonus point, Jeffrey, you will answer this random trivia question about the world's most perfect film, Grease. In the original stage version, of course, uh, staged famously in Chicago, mm-hmm. what was Sandy's last name? Sandy <laughs> Alomar. Of course, Sandy Alomar Jr. was <laughs> was the last name of uh, Toronto Blue Jays player, but um, and Sandy Alomar, his dad, I played for the Orioles, maybe. But unfortunately, you are incorrect. It was Dombrowski. Of course, she was uh, from Australia, and as, as any good Polish-Australian uh, girl mm-hmm. is named, she was Sandy Dombrowski. What a terrible name for a character. Hey, I'm
0: going to create a fiction a fiction thing, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make sure I include a synonym for
2: stupid in her last name. That feels rude. That feels very rude. Yes, giving just giving Rizzo more ammunition than she needed uh, with that last name. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the high scoreboard Eric, do you mind? Absolutely Jeffrey we you have a
0: final score of 76 points. you have done incredibly well. great job. And we are now going to look at the we're now going to look at the final score. you can see up in lights on the giant jumbotron that we have here in the <laughs> studio. It goes right from the 20 yard line to the 20 yard line which is about 60 yards. We're looking at the final score. We are now bumping JPC, who only had 69.69 points, who talked about The Witcher, no longer on the high scoreboard. In fifth, we have Matt Young, who talked about toy collecting, with 72 points. In fourth, we have 73.6666 points for Janet Varney, who talked about miniatures. Uh, Amanda McLaughlin, who talked about retirement plans, is now tied for second with you, 76 points. Jeffrey Kramer coming in tied for a second with the Dallas Cowboys but we cannot beat Dr. Moya McTeer who talked about exoplanets who if I'm looking at the number correctly got 5,075
2: <laughs> points that can't be right <laughs> but you did.
0: You definitely did it You def- that definitely
2: <laughs> happened well, Jeffrey, much like a pair of scissors to the neck, do you have anything you'd like to stab into and plug?
1: Absolutely, uh, Joseph. Fink, my co-writer of Welcome to Nightville and I put out a new podcast this past year called Unlicensed. It's over on Audible. It is a, uh, it is a, it's a mystery set in real-world Los Angeles. Uh, so check that out. All twelve episodes are up right now. And also, I do a uh, horror movie podcast with my friend Cecil Baldwin called Random Horror Number Nine. Adol, you've been a guest a couple of times on that show, uh, where we we review horror movies one at a time in a random order with a special attention for people who are horror squeamish like myself. So check those out. Two of my
2: favorite uh, guesting on podcast moments of the last 10 years. Just a goddamn delight. Oh, thank you so much. I want to be on the show, but I don't think you can have two squeamish horror movie
0: people on a horror movie (laughs) podcast. It's not allowed. I bet we can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you
2: about how much I loved reading the Wikipedia article for the movie (laughs) we're talking about. Well, Jeffrey, thank you so much. That's all for this episode of Tell Me About It. Tune in next week for more math, turkey fries, and I want to say a little britches. Say goodbye, Eric. (laughs)
1: Goodbye, Eric. I see what you did there. Best episode of Shark Tank ever.